This is the Red on Red podcast on redfm.ie. This week on the podcast, we're talking with Cork hardcore vocalist Ian O'Callaghan.
and the future of Cork Metal there the dearly departed I'll Eat Your Face with their Miles Oldfield cover Six Miles Out and following them was God Alone with Sowen God Alone are competing this Saturday at the semi-finals of Mammoth Fest Best Band Contest tickets are on sale at the door door time is 8pm at the Spalpeen Faunach on North Main Street this is Red on Red Cork's new music podcast dropping every Wednesday via redfm.ie my name is Mike McGrath Brian and for the next hour or so we're talking with vocalist gig booker and general man about town, Ian O'Callaghan. Rock. The artist formerly known as Cork Music, currently the vocalist for Horse. How's it going, by? It's good, man. How are you doing? Grand, grand, tipping away. You've been tipping away maybe a little harder than I have because you're just back from tour with yeah. Horse and playing Dally at the Pav, formerly known as the Pav, with No Spill Blood this Saturday. How's your head now about the recent flurry of activity ahead of kind of hunkering down with Horse a little bit? Um, well, yeah, we've had a week off now since we got back, so it'll be two weeks by the time we play the gig. So that'll be nice. Hopefully we'll still have the tightness from touring and not be as sick of the songs than each other is. Has uh, Cabin Fever started kind of setting in a little bit? Uh, it was. I don't, I don't know about Cabin Fever, but uh, I think the four of us just spend a lot of time on our own usually, and it was no time at all on our own for a yeah. week, you know. We'll talk a little bit about the tour a little bit later on, but let's dial it back to really the beginnings of your involvement in the Cork music scene because you noted there on Twitter before heading away uh, on the tour with Horse that you had been playing music for 14 years. Kind of explain to us what inspired you to hop in on heavy music, how you got your start. Yeah, I suppose. What well, my start, I suppose. Well, I played in some fairly rubbish bands when I was a young fella kind of around the age of 17, 18. I'm not even going to tell you what they're called in case you can find some stuff online because I don't want anyone hearing that. Uh, and then I think when I turned 18, I started going to town uh, on my own pretty much because none of my friends were really into that kind of stuff at the time. And I remember going to see Hope Is Noise after listening to them on Bebo for a fortnight. Hey! Yeah. So I went in anyway and you know, I don't know, maybe you don't know, you just when I was on my own in there I didn't know anyone and I just started drinking way too much and got hammered and I was up the front singing along kind of balancing myself uh, off the wall uh, in Fred's and Pat Gillen saw me I never met him before and uh, he saw that I, that I knew the words to subtitles so he just shoved a mic in my face and I was just wailing <laughs> out of key and then afterwards he said uh, something along the lines of that was great, man. You should sing in a band. <laughs> and I just did. <laughs> I would have first met you, I think, in 2008 when you were gigging with an early version of Fat Actress, the, the, the hardcore band Fat Actress, called Effie Altis. And, you know, when you're young, you make a lot of mistakes, etc. And I was blown away by seeing you support uh, Madball. I was just blown away by what I was seeing, probably because I hadn't really been exposed to anything too harsh before in terms of hardcore. And I remember coming up to you oh yeah can I get you and Fred's for a gig there in a couple of weeks time and all of this and then putting you on the poster and all of this without ever following back with you because it, I just assumed that everybody just agreed and then kind of remembered and all of this other horse stuff like yeah what you didn't take into account was the fact that we were hammered and I, just, <laughs> I just didn't remember and we made other plans that was the problem like it's testament that that was that story was 10 years ago now and a lot of the people that were involved and around the scene then are really after kind of putting down their roots as musicians as promoters as music personalities and really helped create the fervent music atmosphere that came from Cork during the recession years and has currently kind of provided the, the bedrock of what we're seeing now that's been a frequent topic of conversation you know obviously the, the Cork music scene of the recession we're starting to look at that in the rearview mirror now so we'll talk about that in a little while 
fairly quickly you progressed from Fialtis to playing in several bands. Yeah, I just moved to town around the time Fialtis started and just started meeting loads of people from going to gigs and um, somebody introduced me to Seb and I suppose that's most of the bands I was in involved that, Seb, you know. Here's my count of it. Fialtis turns into Fat Actress. Well, yeah, because <laughs> see, there was a slight line of change. Uh, Owen Costello left the band and then he said he was taking the name with <laughs> And then that never happened. No, he took the name with him. He said we weren't allowed to be, call ourselves Effialtes anymore, so we had to change our name. It's a sweet name, though, in fairness. Uh, Effialtes? I don't know. I've heard people call us all sorts. I remember playing the quad, and um, somebody, I, I overheard two girls chatting and calling us elephants. And <laughs> that's, a, that's about the closest I heard. Like, But Effialtes becomes fat actress. Yeah. Then you get yourself involved with Slugbait. That's right, yeah. Uh, the Slugbait, is a, that's a recession band. The idea was... We only got people involved who didn't have jobs uh, just because we'd have time to jam all day. There was a little project, or maybe, if I'm not mistaken, um, yourself and Seb had a project called Tekken that became Slugbait. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, exactly, because me and Seb were unemployed and we were hanging out in this basement uh, bedroom I had and we'd play Tekken all day and just get really, really tick with each other. And, we'd, like, you know, we'd have to just stop playing after a while because we'd be getting so angry. Yeah. Yeah, we started messing around. I had a guitar down there and I had a bass. And I had just kind of started messing around with the bass. I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, we just started fooling around and there's a few kind of ideas came together. Very kind of minus to berry stuff. Which was then evident in the band that succeeded. Well, ran concurrently for a little bit and then ended up succeeding Slugbait. <coughs> Terriers. That's right, yeah. Uh, Cormac Daly was on here a couple of weeks ago uh, and he was all about citing Terriers as an influence for him to want to get involved in music after an extended stay away from it where he yeah. had been a music student that had put on the suit and tie to go to work uh, and surprising that any music student would like Terriers <laughs> <laughs> you'd expect them to know better and yet here we are Cosmonaut yeah. music running the scene but like he's all about like he was all about how Terriers made him feel and made him want to be involved in the local scene because he was seeing what was happening uh, and Terriers had a really good run of about two years between shows, EPs and albums. That is, again, we're talking about recession times and things starting to kind of turn up in the rearview mirror now a little bit. What are your thoughts in retrospect of the whole Terriers experience? I mean, I loved it. It's, it's the most I've had to do with songwriting in a band, definitely. Mm. Just because I had an instrument on me and could make as much noise as everyone else. <laughs> so people had to listen to me. Um, yeah, no, I mean... That was that was a really like a four-way writing thing. Everyone had as much input as everyone else, and uh, unlike every other band I was in, I, I was actually able to force a bit of melody in there. I mean, Terriers, they're they're pretty melodic, I suppose. They were, yeah. I mean, just even going through. If I had that, my way, we would have been a lot more melodic. Because <laughs> the joke at the time was that you were just gigging, that you were just you started Terriers as an excuse to get booked in the brogue, really. Yeah, no, I think that was a slug bait we were saying that with, but then it just turned out none of us could sing, so. Uh, turned into like a screamo band I suppose yeah all those bands run into each other anyway yeah I get very nostalgic still when I hear that stuff like that. those two years around Terriers it was a, a really great time I was unemployed <laughs> and yeah. just playing music all the time speaking of cock music from the late 2000s as if that's a category <clears throat> to get nostalgic about already it is uh, Minnie you've chosen uh, two tunes as part of a playlist that you put together for us tonight Hope is Noise with you the world in a bubble yeah it's my favourite Hope is Noise song um, and they rarely play it I've only ever heard them do it twice live again we made mention of your m- manifold projects what was Dolph Lundgren's Party Dungeon? <laughs> uh, Dolph Lundgren's Party Dungeon was uh, Eamon Coleman he, he played guitar in Morden Soul and bass and Fat Actress he yeah it's, it's, he played all the music and 
me and Kevin Cummins who sang in Harvard we'd just show up and get drunk and write lyrics uh, that's pretty much it I think the song you're going to play there is Let's Get Physical it's an Olivia Newton-John cover yeah it's an Olivia Newton-John cover so I was <laughs> hanging out with Eamon and his girlfriend Claire um, having a drink and we happened to be flicking through Instagram and a picture of Shawnee Cads came up uh, topless, a, top, a topless gym pic <laughs> so we'd start saying how ridiculous that was and then Claire suggested that we cover Let's Get Physical so we changed all the lyrics about to be about like a Sean taking steroids and <laughs> lifting weights. Coming up on Red Hot Red. Eating creatine. <laughs> Hope is nice with you, the world in a bubble. And Dolph Lundgren's party dungeon with Let's Get Physical on Red on Red.
Dolph Lundgren's Party Dungeon with Let's Get Physical here on Red on Red. Still joined in studio by one of the guilty parties who is beaming at the thought of... It's just so of, ridiculous that that was played on, on anything. Of this song getting broadcast, but <laughs> he won't have much reason to be laughing in just a moment. Obviously, after a crowded couple of years, you concentrated all of your energies on your current band. You joined Horse a band that had kind of come together from the wreck of Ghost of Medina. You joined the band shortly before they released their first EP a couple of years ago. Um, they had existed in a pre-existing form with vocalist John Heffernan, uh, debuting at, I think, Bradley's uh, covering therapy and kind of getting the basis of the songs that you would work together on. That's then, right, yeah. They just played one gig, I think, with John. It was a promising band that people had been getting very kind of enthusiastic about in the circle of people that were attending gigs at Mr. Bradley's at the time, another venue that's already after going by the wayside. Yeah. <coughs> um, how did you get involved with Horse and how did you kind of slot into a pre-existing creative process? Um, well, as you said, like, people were kind of excited just at the, the thought of those people playing music together and I was the same. I mean, I had heard them about a year before that jamming because uh, we shared a practice room and I just happened to go up to, to pick up some gear and I heard them jamming instrumentally. And I, I straight up asked, I asked Kieran, could I sing? He said, no, no, we have a singer. And me just being a brat, I was like, where is he, you know? I'm going to fight him. <laughs> well, no, I was just saying, why, why isn't he jamming with you? Just being, I don't know, being cheeky. Yeah. Um, but then I heard I heard that recording of Falcon that he did, and I, I loved John's voice. Uh, I loved it with Ghost Medina as well. But um, yeah, he was just too busy at work. Um, so about a year later, then Kieran asked me, would I still be interested? And I was very interested, obviously. From about late 2015, you start gigging regularly. You know, you start getting tight. You start getting familiar with the material. And you start kind of making more headway onto live dates. What was the whole experience like of getting settled into Horse as a live proposition? How did that inform your creative process then going back into the band cans and jamming off of one another? Um, It was actually kind of stressful because it's not really like anything I did before. Like, uh, I came in and I I actually joined the same time as a guy called uh, James Cody who played with us for about a year and a half, I'd say, um, on bass. Because uh, when John Heffernan left, so did uh, Dave Ahern. The two of them were just too busy at work. Mm. And Kieran and Wayne were kind of anxious to play more often. Um, but yeah, it just it felt, it felt kind of rushed at the start, just because I had to learn the EP, record it, and then almost immediately start gigging with songs I didn't really know and had only ever played with the band like once or twice, maybe three times. So that kind of felt rushed and it was it was hard to enjoy myself at gigs for the first few just because, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't confident enough uh, in, in the material. Like, I didn't really know it that well. I was kind of doing a lot of bluffing. Um, compared to now, like, I'm fairly 80s with it. Like, I'm fairly confident that the lads aren't going to mess up and I'm not going to mess up. But there's a big difference then between being awkward with early material and being a collaborative part of the process. In late 2016, you released a split single with Bisect that contained two really heavy um, cuts dragging obviously is a really densely layered and thick uh, piece of hardcore and then drone is just madness from the beginning that weird kind of just that weird riff that opens um, yeah, kind that of pull off your riff yeah. yeah you're taking the band off in your own direction a little bit you're putting your own stamp on the creative process and it becomes a different animal kind of go into detail I suppose on the creative process on those two songs how they came together how they were recorded and how that has informed everything that you have coming up in the next year or so well you see Dragging would have been the first song that I actually wrote lyrics for it was it was a weird thing where John already had all, all the lyrics for these songs but he had no melodies recorded and the lads really liked his lyrics and I really liked John's lyrics as well a lot um, so I just said like 
let's just do it. You want to record soon, all of this is written, I like it. John's happy for us to use it. Let's go ahead and use it like, and we did. So that was all of the, all the lyrics on the EP were, they were all John's. And even Drone, he had the lyrics for Drone. So Dragging was the first thing that I wrote. It's probably why it's like way more emo <laughs> than all the other stuff. It's a bit more, it's a bit more, I write maybe a more, a more personal style than, than John maybe. It's heavy thematically. I mean, I know we've talked a little bit before about your creative process uh, in person, talking about how you kind of categorise things into different experiences before That's right, yeah. Well, like, well, yeah when, I'm, when I'm writing lyrics, I, I'll have like a notebook on the go most of the time and I don't know, if there's certain things on my mind, then I'll have uh, a page or two pages dedicated to, to that topic and then I'll wake up at three in the morning after having some kind of nonsense dream and I'll write down something and then to do with that, you know? Or I'll come home from work after a rubbish day and I'll write down something in in a certain page and then can edit it afterwards. Your most recent single, Reject the Arches, is streaming now on YouTube. It's a live version that was recorded by Emmett O'Reavig from Shukra uh, while it was performed at Unspalping Faunic in January of this year. Yeah, it was actually just mixed by Emmett. It was actually Paddy Cullen recorded it. He showed up with a load of gear and recorded, on us, uh, recorded it for us on the night. And then I passed it on to Emmett to to mix it afterwards because they're, they're housemates so it was handy like that's pretty that's, that's a pretty eclectic assemblage of people right then and there to be working on something it sounds like that but they're just my friends <laughs> you know Again, this, this is the way it happened you know the power of community yeah I suppose but the other thing is it's kind of showcased both a heavy side but also a lot more focused side of horse and that it's a lot more into noise it's, 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 it's not necessarily strictly in metal territory hardcore territory Noise yeah. territory. It's very, it's it's very much its own beast. Um, is this indicative of where you're going with horses songwriting going forward? Yeah, well, the sound is kind of changing a lot. Um, I don't know. Like my 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 go-to was always just if I was unsure about how I sounded in something or not really feeling too confident with a part, I would just make my vocals as heavy as possible beforehand, almost as a kind of I don't know to cover up any mistakes because I I know I can do that. All right, you know, like <laughs> it's not going to be too rubbish. Uh, whereas I wouldn't have been too confident with my own voice, uh, but I don't know. As, as I'm as I'm getting older now, I'm just getting I'm getting used to kind of squeezing my own voice in there and being a little bit cleaner in parts. Um, so that's obviously going to be different to the sound. And since Decky joined as well on bass, it's just such a such a filthy, dirty, heavy sound that it means Kieran can kind of pull back on the guitar and you know just not have to be playing heavy all the time. He can kind of you know, noodle around a bit and mm. it will sound just as heavy because Decky's so dirty like. And Decky brings really brings that kind of noise rock or repetition from his experience with Shiri Gira. We had him on the second or third episode of the podcast, I believe. And he was all about repetition, which has kind of really added that kind of laser focus to what's been happening with horses sound. I think it really suits it really suits what Wayne's doing, you know. Yeah. I think that they, they're very well suited to each other. Um, yeah, but we we had kind of, even before Decky joined, we had kind of decided to to bring it like to a noisier, less metal place. I, I, I even met I met Decky in the key co-op. I, I actually, for some reason, I thought Decky played guitar and he didn't play bass at all. So I was chatting to him in the key co-op and I was saying, "Yeah, my head's wrecked. We're trying to find a bassist." Um, and he was like, "Sure, I'll come up there now and play bass." And I, was, I didn't even know he was a bassist. He was asking him what we're up to and like and what what the plan is going forward. I was kind of saying, like, I don't know, like not not fugazi, but you know, something with a bit more space, less 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 heavy, mm. um, something a bit more like that going forward. 
Um, and he, he was really into that idea. So, yeah, he was just a really good fit. We'll talk a little bit more about the process behind your new material after we come back from some more tunes that you've picked for us. What have I picked now? So you got something a little bit more current with uh, Ganglions with My Wife Won't Stop Flirting With Me from their Thirsty EP. Yeah, that's so good. Actually, I, you know what? I actually prefer the song after that uh, on the EP. It's fantastic. Uh, but I do like that song a lot. Um, My Wife Won't Stop Flirting With Me. And as, as Emer was writing it, she sent me a WhatsApp and said... Uh, I think you're going to love the song we just wrote, and I don't know if it's if it's the the lyrics or the the heaviness of it. I don't know. But you talk. We talk a little bit about the community that kind of formed around DIY music in Cork in the late 2000s. I mean, KVX were obviously very important to that. Yeah. Uh, they gigged really, really regularly, and you know, Slugbait, KVX, Agitate the Gravel, and a whole bunch of other bands around that time would have worked really closely, kind of levitating around places like the Quad and Rail Jarg and all that. I just think it's rad that people are still connected to each other in that regard, still kind of working together a little bit, although... Uh, some of them. Do you remember you used to alternate uh, a DJ night at the Quad every second That's Wednesday? That's right. Was it Single, single Female, female Lawyer? Yeah, what was, was your one? Ymir and Dara. And myself and Seb, did we even have a name? You had a name because I remember it alternating. There was a poster. Oh. I don't know I just I remember what used to happen there this is actually terrible I'm, I'm really embarrassed to say this what used to happen was me and Seb used to walk, we were so broke we used to walk out to Aldi in Turner's Cross and we'd buy a 12 pack of Galahad each then we'd go back to my uh, basement and we'd uh, we'd listen to songs all day on YouTube and drink those 12 cans and we'd download really bad quality audio off YouTube put them on CDs and then go into the quad that night and play them um, Bad enough. It was, yeah, I mean, we were rubbish. Like, <laughs> and we so was al- I. We almost always ended up topless for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, and then because I was running Dropy at the time, and after he dropped out of that slot, we had to fill in. And like, I thought I was the business. I was bringing in like a big CD. We did not drop out of that, Mike. We were kicked out. Of that. We kicked out. <laughs> well, I, I, I wasn't told what it was. No, I, I, I mean, we definitely. It was, a, it was more of a thing. We definitely weren't asked back because we were playing low quality. Songs topless and drunk, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like what happened there was Drop D came in there, then every went every second Wednesday in that slot, and eventually I was stopped from DJing because I was playing too much Black Sabbath, which is a very good excuse for kick, getting yeah, kicked off a DJ good. gig. Um, and it was replaced by Grandmaster Cash, and then the place closed within a month. So you can take from that what you will. You know, actually, <laughs> speaking of ganglions, I, this came up recently because I was in Sheffield, I was talking to some of her friends, yeah, and they were saying, "How do you, how do you know Emer?" And I was saying oh, I know her since she was a teenager and then I remembered that I I digged her in the head at Tube Lord years ago <laughs> I digged her full force in the head and we've been friends since I was just yeah I was I was singing along to some song and just did like a fist in the air just as she lunged backwards Oh, I've never punched someone that hard ever and yeah. which is now still working together still in touch and still uh, organising each other's shows yeah and then we have Elk oh, with yeah. Wet Stars the Brothers Hedigan yeah, and Shane O'Sullivan. Um, yeah, that's my favorite Elk song. I love it. Which is if I know, I know it's like rock, dirty rock, riffy rock, or whatever. But it just it feels like a massive pop song, you know. They did that an awful lot. Just write these big tunes and just kind of weigh them down with their own instrumentation and all. Yeah, of this. well, they're just really good songwriters. Um, but yeah, I mean the verses and choruses. It's just a, a really good pop song to my ear. They are in and out of existence the whole time they've been gigging on and off now for the past couple of years and I believe they'd even announced at one stage there's going to be a new album through Out on the Limb which hasn't happened yet what's your take on that? It ha- yeah it hasn't happened yet but uh, I know the three lads and I know that they're all uh, they're all eager to get to it like you know just busy with other stuff so you know Lewis is playing in 
all twins and guilty optics and whatever else. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sure, Matt's in noticeable blood. And what else is he playing with? Shifting. Shifting. Hands up, who wants, Hands to up die. wants to die. I'm sure there's more than that as well. Like he's a. Yeah. He, uh, he gets around, you know? He does. This is Ganglions with My Wife Won't Stop Flirting With Me on Red on Red.
Elk with Wet Stars here on Red on Red. As chosen by our guest in studio this week, Ian O'Callaghan, the artist formerly known as Cork Music. You were the only person who ever called me Cork Music, I think. I remember Seb O'Sullivan calling you Cork Music at least once. <laughs> I do, because... I don't uh, think he'd ever call me something so complimentary. <laughs> somebody has, somewhere down character. the line. I don't know. Or else it wouldn't have stuck, because like... Um, no, I think it's all you, man. T- take credit where it's due, you know? Well, for the benefit of those listening, I used to run a website a couple of years ago uh, called dropd.ie, but the, the uptick of that is... Um, that we had that just covering weird stuff that was going on in Cork between 2010 and about 2014. You'd be in there daily with one band or another. Yeah. And I think the whole thing was just kind of coined from there. But um, no more for you the days of uh, whiling around with four or five bands. You're just back from tour with Horse now. And it's after playing for 14 years, uh, you finally went out on your first short excursion with the band how did it go and embarrassing stories first please I don't know if there's any embarrassing stories uh, you know what the really sad thing is I was like I'm going to play five gigs in a row I'm a real grown up musician now and then the middle gig got cancelled oh. so I played two gigs in a row had a day off went to the cinema and then had another two gigs in a row so like I didn't even like break my own personal record I played two gigs in a row plenty of times your show in Newcastle was pulled wasn't it yeah Newcastle under I didn't realise there's two different Newcastles because I got onto loads of promoters in, in the other Newcastle which turns out is the big Newcastle Newcastle upon time yeah I didn't know that so I just thought Newcastle under Lyme Newcastle under something it was under something and I, uh, I contacted loads of lads in the wrong one which would have been like a five or six hour drive out of the way but you went on a five day excursion uh, around the place including your day off um, horses first soldier out of the country including dates in Sheffield and Nottingham among other places kind of take us through the tour itinerary kind of your experiences uh, going out there and the promoters you were working with the venues you were working with uh, okay yeah so the first the first gig we played was in London in a place called the Shacklewell Arms and the main band that night was USA Nails who I've actually put on a cork before and are really nice lads uh, Garrett their guitarist plays in Silent Front who had a really bad accident there recently um, put them all in hospital so I, I was glad to see them up and about um, and that happened to them right as they're breaking up after however many years 20 yeah, years yeah it was like a farewell tour mm. so unfortunate and then uh, they drove back over to France to pick up the gear and had their stuff stolen yeah all the stuff was in an impound and someone had lifted from the impound you can't write that kind of uh, that, that kind of ending for a band uh, yeah so USA Nails were amazing that night um, and who else was playing there was a band called Frauds two piece they're pretty good and uh, the band that blew me away was this crowd called Dits Dits yeah, I was chatting to them actually and they, they were asking me that I know Jamie Collin who I believe <laughs> I've been on here. Uh, he's Overblown.co.uk, <laughs> folks. Yeah, exactly. They said that uh, Jamie had featured them on the website. Um, they were really good though. They blew me away. Um, it was the only band t-shirt I bought all week was Dits. And that's normally very hard to kind of avoid on a tour, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, but there just wasn't enough space in my car <laughs> for any more. Um, oh, you I were mean, doing the Tetrising gear thing? Oh yeah, big time. We were pretty good at it by the end, but maybe not so much at the start. Then I was very, very sick the next day because the venue gave us uh, some rubbish beer, Pap's Blue Ribbon. I was throwing up out the window of the motorway the whole way to Manchester. <laughs> Felt really, really sorry for myself. Oh, I didn't. I didn't sesh in Manchester. I was feeling too sorry for myself. Uh, but that was a fun gig as well. It wasn't that busy, but like everyone there was really into it. Um, yeah, we played with a really cool band called Glorus. I'd like to bring them over here. 
they'd be like a good fit to play with someone like Partalone or something that kind of vibe mm. and this guy um, Tommy Toot put it on plays a band called Toot Sweet and uh, our drummer Wayne works uh, for my goodness inside the English market mm. and Tommy happened to be passing through on his way to a gig in Ballina got talking to Wayne and said I'll put you on in Manchester so he like booked a gig sorted money sorted support band sorted backline sorted food and then it turned out he had to be working in London so he left the keys to his apartment to four strangers it's insanely sound I've never come across that level of soundness in all my years of playing music so I gotta try and repay him now in some way what a dude yeah just unbelievable check out his band Toot Sweet you got your day off and then your way to Sheffield was it? Yeah, so I was feeling pretty bad after that day off, so I just wandered around on my own for most of it. And the Sheffield show was promoted in No, actually it wasn't Sheffield next, it was Nottingham next, which was supported, uh, or which was put on by um, Marty from Right to Captain. So Button Pusher. Button Pusher, that's right, yeah. And we were supporting a band called the the St. Pierre Snake Invasion. But then you finished your tour... Oh, we went to Sheffield and after that, sorry. (laughs) In a a gig organised by... Yeah, Emer from Ganglions. By Emer from Ganglions, XKVX, who's also a part of the Audacious Art Experiment. Yeah, that's right. That was a real. That, that might be my favourite gig I played in a very long time. Like five, six, seven years. It was just. It was wild. I mean, like maybe during the second song, I saw something kind of greenish fly by my head, and I looked up, and it was this girl at the, at the front who had just told me between songs, "You guys rock," and she swung a bottle of Buckfast in my head. And uh, I just remember Emer's housemate grabbed it and took it off her. And then she started eating cashew nuts and throwing the shells at Decky. Um, yeah, it was just it was just a really weird gig, but I loved it. And everyone was really up for it. It was great. Sheffield is kind of having its own moment at the minute with, 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 with so much going on. The Audition Start Experiment is, you know, a venue, a label, everything else. And it's really providing a safe haven on tour for Cork bands. The Altered Hours were there not a couple of weeks ago on their Continental I thought, I thought that as well and then I saw the um, I saw the poster for the gig it was still up in the venue and it turns out that it was actually Audacious put on the gig but I think it was in maybe a bigger space. Yeah. Um, Which would be fully justified for the Altered Hours at exactly, the, in, the, in the position enough. they're in. <laughs> Next time. Uh, uh, yeah, but I mean I, I would I would love to play the, the the same spot we played last time. It was just wild and roasting and sweaty and yeah it was it was really one of my favourite gigs now in a long time now that you're back from your first tour and you've seen how things are done elsewhere a little bit not that there's radical changes or radical differences or anything but uh, how would you compare that to how you manage things here and other DIY promoters that you've operated with in Ireland I think the promotion's pretty much the same the thing I noticed was I was like I was walking around JT Soar in Nottingham and walking around the audacious art experiment and just thinking I would love if this was in Cork it would make such a difference like you know right in the city centre just a place where you can play mental music really loudly and everyone can drink beer and it has nothing to do with you know a bar you know it was just its own thing I don't know I mean it would be amazing if that was here if something like that was here you're rounding out the tour then with a date at Dali at the Pav Uh, of course the former pavilion reopened over the bank holiday weekend and it's another venue at a time when Cork has really needed venues for a long, long time. And you're playing with No Spill Blood. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit special to see those two bands in that big space. Kind of, what are your thoughts heading into there on Saturday night? I'm just looking forward to a new space. I mean, I've played every, everywhere else in Cork, you know, dozens of times. So I think I've only ever played the Pav once. Uh, it was a long time ago with Terriers. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to 
to see if it'll make a huge difference to our sound. I mean, obviously it will. It's a massive sound system. Uh, I just hope, I hope it translates uh, to a, to a bigger room, you know, because I feel I feel like we we do our best in a tiny claustrophobic room where everyone's squashed in, and yeah, I feel like that's when we're at our best. So I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a bit of a challenge, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure. And how do you reckon No Spill Blood will do in the room? Sure, I mean, um, was it last year? I, I dislocated my shoulder. No, sorry, I didn't dislocate my shoulder. I, I broke a few ribs and I went away over to England um, to see No Spill Blood with my time off. They were on tour with Baroness. Maybe that was two years ago. I'm not sure. Anyway, I got on to Matt and I said, uh, when would be a good time to come over to maybe have a few drinks with you afterwards? Because, you know, they were doing like five, six, seven dates, something like that. Mm. And he got back to me like straight away and said, I have... Uh, like passes sorted for you for Leeds in Manchester so I went over and got to meet Baroness and hang around drink pints it's and that, great that was a big get for No Spill Blood's profile in the UK specifically yeah but the reason I mentioned it is they were playing rooms to like four or five thousand people and just killing it like you know we'll take a little bit of a preview now of this Saturday night show at the Pav we got two tracks a track each from both bands we got Horse with new single Reject the Arches we spoke a little bit earlier on about how that came together and you also have No Spill Blood with Whiteout taken from their previous record Heavy Electricity yeah that's my favourite track off that album um, it's a banger yeah it is Yeah, I, I, was trying to, I was trying to pick a song earlier and just ended up listening to the whole album twice even though I knew I was going to pick Whiteout anyway um, yeah I can't wait to see them live it's been a while so we'll get straight into that so this is Horse Reject the Arches here on Red on Red <laughs>
No Spill Blood with Whiteout here on Red on Red. Ahead of their gig at Dally of the Pav this Saturday night, 8pm. Tickets are €8 Euro at the door. Early show. Do come out and support heavy music in a new venue in the city centre. We're joined in studio for the last few minutes of this week's podcast by our guest this week, Ian O'Callaghan of Horse. And you've got a big year ahead of you because like, this is your last show for a good couple of months at the very least. Yeah, I'd say till the end of the year at least. Uh, we're hoping to do a bit of recording. Um, I think like maybe with like another month of writing, I think I think we're going to have the bones of uh, an album and and maybe some kind of a split, if not another whole EP. Um, so yeah, I hope yeah, just maybe do everything in one in one big block of recording and then have some stuff ready to release. And what's the plan with that then going forward? Can you maybe give us any scoop as to how it's going to sound? Who you're working with? Uh, it's, de- it's going to definitely going to be a lot lighter and lighter in terms of it'll be like less metal but maybe uh, noisier I'm doing a terrible I'm doing a terrible attempt here at, at explaining yeah no, it's it's. I guess more, more like that song we played a while ago heading down that kind of route more more kind of spoken lighter lyrics and or vocals and uh yeah, just kind of weird, weirder guitar stuff, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, like you're always keeping yourself busy with unrelated musical projects. Anything else you want to plug before we have to get out? Uh, I don't know if I can plug anything. I'm, I'm recording um, with Rory Francis O'Brien in the next few weeks or months, I oh, think. Oh, that's right. You're part of his live band now. Yeah, well, I think I, I don't know if it's going to be a thing going forward, but definitely those songs that we learned uh, for that gig, we're going to uh, record those anyway. We played at Quarter Block Party. Mm. It's a 20-minute set. So I think Rory wants to just just capture that anyway you know I don't know if it's going to be the four of us playing going forward but definitely just capture those songs that we had ready to go this is Red on Red Cork's new music podcast from redfm.ie thank you very much for listening and if you like what you're hearing please take the time to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes share this on your social media and make sure to check out the artists featured online or at an upcoming gig and if you'd like more Irish tunes please be sure to listen in to Green on Red on Sunday nights with Alan O'Donovan for the best of all that is Irish on Cork's Red FM 104 to 106 we leave you with yet another band playing on Saturday night in the city playing at the Roundy as part of DIY LK's showcase in association with OverblownCO.uk this is post-rock inflected DIY lads Cassavetes with new single Winter Smoke this is Red on Red and we'll talk to you next week
This is the Red on Red podcast on redfm.ie. <laughs> what, what is it? This is Red Off. This is Red on Red. On Red FM. Hi. Hi. I'm Ira Glass. This <laughs> is Red on Red with Mike McGrath, Brian. 